0: King of country, king Kal- of my homeland, king of the filthy, king of the fallen, we living again. King of the shooters, looters, boosters, and ghettos popping. King of the past, present, future, my ancestors watching. King of the culture, king of the soldiers, king of the bloodshed. King of the wisdom, king of the ocean, king of the respect. King of the optimistic and dreamers that go and get it. King of the winners, district, and geniuses with conviction. King of the fighters, king of the fathers, king of the belated. King of the answer, king of the problem, king of the forsaken.
1: Welcome to the No Clue Podcast, episode 109. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Uh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um, it's been a while since we went, but uh, I'm sure everyone knows the news of that by now. Um, great, great actor of our time, one of the greatest. Um, man, just just really sad. Uh, I thought it was interesting he... Um, Got married right before he died, which was nice.
2: Yeah, um, Man, it's, it's it's just tough in these situations. Like, it feels like after the fact, you really feel the positive impact that they had.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for real. Those videos of him with the fans and stuff is yeah. crazy. Really sad. <clears throat> anyway, uh, uh, we're gonna we're starting uh, second round playoffs we haven't talked any second round yet right
2: yeah last time we spoke it was right before their uh their two days uh boycott right
1: yes yeah okay. it was on the day of the first okay. one yeah Yep. where do you want to start you said well eliminated. a couple,
2: couple teams got eliminated since we spoke uh let's start <laughs> with utah
1: <laughs> okay where do you want to start
2: great series
1: really great series um great showcase of donovan yes if anything
2: but what came back to haunt them is what we talked about all year mm-hmm. uh they're just they struggled to create quality shot attempts yes and it kind of it was kind of hidden the f- first half of the series where mitchell was hitting tough shots and clarkson was hitting a lot of tough shots
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But in game sevens, guys usually lock in defensively. Yeah. And Denver locked in and they contained him and they made plays down the stretch.
1: Yeah. And, you know, they're one of the few teams where at times it truly looks like there's only one person on the court. Like you could say that about Houston, but on defense it never looks that way. But in this series, especially Game 7, sometimes on defense it only looked like Donovan was out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, guys just... I think that they play like they're a balanced team when they're clearly not. Yes. They play like O'Neal and Ingles could take 15 shots a game, but they cannot. It's not a winning mode for them. You know, unfortunately, Clarkson, Conley, and Donovan should be the only people taking more than double-digit shots. And Conley is just on the edge of that. You yeah. know, um, Gobert had some great games, but he's his games, for some reason, don't translate into their success on the court, you know?
2: Yeah, it's just like none of their role players can help other guys create shots.
1: No, they can't.
2: Like, I look at Denver, especially in Game 7, And like, Monty Morris, who didn't play that great all series, he was making plays not only for himself, but for other guys. Right. And I was like, Utah doesn't really have a guy like that. No, they don't. They don't.
1: And and it just looks like they lack a... They lack communication on the court, too, at times. Yeah. Like, where you see someone is in a... Like, on a roll, whether it's Clarkson, Conley, or... Donovan and I mean, Ingalls gets on rolls sometimes, but it doesn't look like everyone notices it for some reason. Donovan can be on a total roll, and you know, Ingalls will bring the ball up court, and Donovan doesn't touch the ball for the whole possession or yeah. doesn't even get a look. And it, you know, it, it's just they play a really awkward game. I don't really know if they can change it with the roster they have. And the coaching. Of course. Yeah,
2: because, you know, last off season we were talking about they picked up the pieces that they needed. But the offense was just as bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just as bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is.
2: Um I don't know what they do in the off season this year.
1: I think they're in subtraction mode now. They added, you know, they added, they added Now it's time they need to subtract something. Because what did they lose from last year? Anything? Any players?
2: Uh, Nothing significant.
1: Just Raul Neto? That's it? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you added now maybe try subtracting some guys and, you know, let the additions really stand out. I mean, and I thought Moutier was a pretty good backup point guard up until the bubble. He was terrible, this whole bubble. He wasn't bad during the season. Juwan
2: Morgan took his job doing nothing out there.
1: Literally. Literally nothing. Yeah,
2: that really blew my mind because Morgan, in any of his playing time, did not show me that he's really like an NBA guard. No. And yet Quinn Snyder trusted him the entire series over maybe not a proven NBA player, but a much more experienced NBA player.
1: Right right yeah, I mean, honestly all I, got for that.
2: I really don't know how much of it is Quinn Snyder's fault. I, don't either. I don't either offensively it's tough to say, like some of the defensive issues some of the little stuff they have like that's that could be attributed to him mm-hmm uh, some of the communication stuff could be attributed to him, but their offense like some of the players look so limited at times,
1: yeah, they do. Yeah.
2: And it's it, just frustrating.
1: It, it looks like they have roles, but they're just not good in the roles. Like, it's not the right roles. Yeah.
2: Nobody's consistent with anything that they do.
1: No. And then, you know, I've said it before, but it, sometimes I don't know if Mitchell has been the designated leader. Maybe he's not. But it definitely looks like sometimes nobody listens to him on the court. Like, unless he has the ball, but he'll do something. I've seen him, you know, do a little aside with someone and say, okay, we're going to do this. And the next time down, they don't do it. And then Mitchell is like, well, what was that? Or Mitchell has to make something off the breakdown or Clarkson make something off the breakdown. And I don't see, when I look at the team, I don't look at one person as like the communicating leader. Like I see on the, with other teams that have someone as great as Mitchell is. Yeah. Like you you look at Houston, you see, everyone speaks to Harden, and Harden speaks to everyone about something. LeBron talks to everybody, and Mitchell—he talks to them, but they—I don't see them ever do anything he says, or ever, you know. I don't see anything come from his leadership. And, no, and nobody
2: feeds off of him.
1: No, they don't. And I—I I don't know if that's him. You know, I, I don't understand how anyone on the team cannot do whatever he says to do when he yeah. comes out and gives you forty-five you know, whenever you need him to, yeah, it doesn't look like they trust him. And that's, that's, um, disturbing to me in a right. way.
2: And, um, and last thing I'll say is, uh, all those limitations, all those offensive limitations lead to, uh, Mitchell just having the ball and turning it over. Yeah. Cause you're not creative enough to do anything else, but just give him the ball. Exactly. The same thing happened to OKC. Yep. Well, we'll get into that deeper, but uh, before we move on, the Nuggets trying to run a fast break when up two with with 10 seconds left (laughs) is one of the lowest IQ basketball decisions I've ever seen. I know, that was insane. There's another one that was pretty bad a couple days ago, but that was just, I was saying to myself as they were like, sprinting up court i'm like imagine whoever gets this misses the layup <laughs> and on cue tory craig blows it
1: yeah yeah that was crazy yeah the other one was um well the Rockets do something low iq every game that was real low iq for me this stuff-
2: uh, another one was uh jimmy butler just throwing it up to draggis <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. When Brooke Lopez is right there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, who else got eliminated? Who's next? OKC. Oh, I don't really have much to say about that.
2: I... Uh, yeah, we kind of talked about it. I mean, OKC's an interesting spot where they could kind of commit. They could commit to being contenders and like an up-and-coming team.
1: Yeah, they they're straddling it. They probably can make two moves and be contenders, yeah. or they can be up and coming like like they are. You're right.
2: They're flexible, which not a lot of teams have that.
1: And they have a lot of value as far, like they have the players they have have like a weird value. Like Gallinari helps them, but he, they could easily trade him. Yeah, I mean he's replaceable, but he helps them a lot. Yeah.
2: Um, Outside of their three guards, I think everybody's replaceable on the roster.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. And Adams, I mean, maybe Westbrook made Adams look really good last season, but he definitely took a step down this he season He definitely for me.
2: did. Yeah. I it mean, was he's... frustrating that whole Game 7, you really notice, like, he has no chemistry with the three guards.
1: Yeah, he doesn't.
2: Like, CP will get him a lob, or, or maybe one of the other guys would get him, like, a dump-down dunk. Mm-hmm. But he really, like, he doesn't really... Screen and roll well with them. No, he doesn't. He doesn't really, like, catch their passes well.
1: He doesn't space the floor at all.
2: Yeah, and one and then, thing, like, he... For being that big, he seems to struggle to make himself available. Yeah, he does. So, like, even get him the ball.
1: Well, I sometimes I don't think he even wants it because he right. has no post moves. Right. He just does that little flip that... But then then at times, it
2: almost seems like OKC's, like, yelling at him to shoot. Yeah. Because he, like, forces it sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, um... The other thing is, they're all driving guards, primarily. You know, I mean, they can all hit shots, but... You know, Schroeder really just started hitting threes this year. And, you know, Chris is a mid-range guy. And all of them, um... Shay Gildress Alexander has length. He likes to drive, and Adams, not in the paint, is worthless to you. Yeah, so um, he's he's become more replaceable for me than you know he ever has been, and you know he's at the point where I don't really know what he's good at anymore. He's just I mean, like
2: a big presence.
1: Yeah, that's that's it. That doesn't help you in the playoffs, right? Especially when you got guys like. You know, Anthony Davis and Montrezl out there doing everything, it seems like.
2: Yeah, I think whatever they do, they need a wing. It doesn't have to be like a super valuable wing, uh, Mm -hmm. but a wing that they could put out there and trust for an extended stretch of games. Yeah. Because, like, Diallo, I mean, Diallo's (laughs) a year away from being out the league. Yeah, he Uh, is. Terrence Ferguson might get another job, but what's the point?
1: He was out the league this year at one point.
2: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there's just so many guys. Like, Baisley has progressed to a playable backup player.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But then, like, you know, you can't be playing Roberson anymore.
1: No, Roberson's done.
2: That ship has sailed.
1: Yeah. And Dort is playing, like, you know, outrageous, you know, for who he is. yeah. Way out of who he is. Which is good, but you can't rely on it.
2: I honestly think I w- I would be interested to see what they would look like with uh, Noel in the starting lineup instead of Adams or in- with Adams. instead of Adams.
1: I agree. Uh, he I mean he brings he brings energy. He blocks. He yes. goes for every block, which yes. is is better than not going for any when you have the capability to like Whiteside. He you know catches alley oops. He runs the floor. He hustles. I mean, he dives for loose balls. You know? Um, yeah. Didn't he tear his ACL in college diving for a loose ball? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like that.
2: Right. He's an energy guy, and, and he already has chemistry with all the guards. Yeah. Because he's like an easier... He's just easier to pass the ball to from what I've seen.
1: Yeah. He... Um, adams and gallinari could be a nice package for somebody i agree they should have kept grant really
2: grant would have been just so great for them yeah they i think they could have beat the rockets with grant
1: (laughs) yeah for sure for sure all
2: right to the east yeah who got eliminated that we haven't talked about
1: uh we talked about because it was all
2: sweeps right yeah, I yeah, think, I think we, we talked about all the eliminations in the East.
1: Yeah, they were done already. I think. Yeah. Orlando was the last one. That was right. the last. That would have been the last game. Okay.
2: Oh, so let's get into these second round matchups.
1: <laughs> Where do you want to start?
2: Uh, East. Let's start in the East.
1: All right, Boston, Toronto.
2: Interesting I like what series. I see from Boston a lot. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard not to be overwhelmingly positive for Boston. Yeah. They've looked great.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, outside of a fluke shot, it's 3-0 right now.
1: <laughs> right. And they don't have Hayward.
2: And, and one thing that's been interesting to me is like I thought defensively Toronto had a significant edge. Mhm. But in the series so far, it hasn't looked like that. No, it hasn't. And I think a lot of that, and there's other series that are starting to show kind of similar signs, uh, is a, a lot of it is just matchups. Yeah. Like, when you have mismatches out there, you're you're already more likely to get better shots, even if you don't run offense well. Right. And right. that's what Boston's just done better. When their offense breaks down, they have playmakers.
1: Yeah, and, and this is why I picked Boston – For the East, you know, when they're complete, they just have, they have three guys that are really unstoppable. I mean, you can guard them, you may check them, they may not have a great game, but two of them are getting off any given game, which is Tatum, Brown, and Kimba. Someone's two of them are getting twenty every time you play them. Right. And I mean, it doesn't matter how good your defense is because, you know, I think Miami may be the only team that could really match up with them, but Toronto just isn't that to me. And they don't have enough surefire scoring options. And it doesn't look like, they don't have a go-to guy, which was kind of like their, um, it was like their good quality during the season that they were so balanced and anyone can get off, you know, everyone gets open shots. But when you have a team that is constantly scoring, you need to have someone who can score at any time. Yeah, you never know. They don't have anyone that can break a Boston run.
2: Exactly. And the problem has been, like, Tatum has been the clear-cut best player in the series. Yeah. And I thought Lowry would have, like, more of an impact than Tatum at times. And it really hasn't been the case at all. Right. And I thought Siakam would, you know, would outweigh Jalen Brown's production. And that hasn't been the case at all. Right And it, right. it just comes down to Like you said, reliable scoring
1: Yeah um, When they get When they do get Hayward back They're going to be tough I mean, apparently yeah. he's coming back next
2: week Yeah, so. I think if they bring him off the bench Yeah Which kind of what they've done When he's come off injuries in the past mm-hmm. uh, I think that would look good for them Yeah, I do too Because Brad Stevens already got their bench playing way better than it actually is.
1: Yep. Smart, I mean, Smart's played fantastic. He might be the second best player in the series right now. Yeah. He's played great. He's everywhere, hitting shots,
2: energy. And another problem that I have with Toronto, and this kind of goes for all the teams that are either down or losing
1: Mm -hmm.
2: games, is the shot selection. Yeah, it it's like because they're they've been so balanced all year, everybody's con- like too confident at times. Yep. And it, it it just seems like especially when Siakam or Larry or both aren't playing well, now yeah. Van Fleet starts forcing shots that are just awful.
1: His shot selection has been disgusting.
2: Yeah, and like <laughs> Ananobi, who's been great. But in my opinion, a lot of his three pointers have not been good shots. Yeah, most of them. Like the only Cause... one that's really getting good shots and making a consistent amount of them is Ibaka. And that's that's just shocking to me. Like Marcus saw is kind of awkward out there. Like he's he has a good impact at times, but sometimes he looks like he's playing for Boston. Yeah, can't really guard Tyce anymore. And and nobody can guard Kemba.
1: Yeah, Kemba has really, really um, stood out as far as how much better he is than everybody. All the guards on Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I really hate when Van Vliet has to go to the basket so much. Because it's just, it's all these wild flips and, you know, these fakes that don't work. And, you know, it's like the toughest layups he could possibly take. Yeah. It just looks bad. It looks bad when he yeah. misses him. He's on the floor. It's a five on four break. You
2: know? Yeah. Um I, I really I don't have a lot of confidence in Toronto at all to recover in this series. Yeah, me either. Now I mean Ananobi gave them a chance. I I wouldn't be surprised if they won this next game. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh but just with how much better Boston's looked for the three games. Yeah. I mean, Siakam is going to have to play better. Yep. It just there's no way around it. He's been Jalen Brown has been just terrorizing him. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It just looks so bad. Not not only can he not get a shot on Brown, Brown just takes the ball from him a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean, Brown is. I mean, he looks he looks elite on both ends. This yes. series, yeah. He um, I don't know how um. I don't know what it will take for him to get like a more more recognition as a star. You know, I don't know if he'll have to leave or not. But I think
2: I think if they if they go to the finals, like they'll they'll have to acknowledge how good he is.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, no choice because. How it is right now, I mean, he's killing it. Killing it.
2: Because, like, Tatum has controlled their offense for huge chunks of the games. Yeah. But Brown and Smart have hit the, like, the momentum shots. Yep. And all the, all the like, the breakdown, the uh, we-need-a-bucket kind of shots.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Kimba, I mean, in the fourth quarter, Kimba has been closing so excellently. Just like we know what he does. I mean, I know OG's shot was great, but like it overshadowed how fire Kimba's last play was. Yeah. That was really amazing. Like when he did that, I thought it was over. I'm like, as soon as Kimba had the ball, I'm like, oh, this is it. We know what Kimba does in the clutch. Probably the most clutch guard in the league other than, you know, at least in the East. And, I mean, great play great
2: it was just weird i i could tell by the way gasol was running to double i was like dude they don't have him far enough to the sideline so he could break him down right and that's he just backed it up and boom
1: yep pass no look great finish if he had put it on the glass it probably wouldn't you know the time probably would have ran out but he did the quick dunk make sure you know make sure it went in but you know oh well putting taco uh fall in the game was a nice nice adjustment at the end but
2: yeah it was a good pass by larry i gotta give it to him
1: really good pass yeah really good oh we didn't talk about the dunders uh last play did you
2: no we did not
1: <laughs> did you notice how open uh, schroeder was for the back door
2: no, but I noticed the uh, there's the still shot of, like, Adams starting to come to the ball as the paint is just, just completely open.
1: Adams is up there with the lowest IQs in the game, by the way.
2: Him the that case. blew my mind. It looked like the first play he was trying to come up to. Yeah. I was like, my God, I know. Look, P.J. Tucker is an incredible post defender. Mm -hmm. And I'll get into that in their series But, I mean, dude What is the point of you popping out? Let me
1: (laughs) I don't know if this is because Adams has the beard And he's just, you know, he never changes his face But I honestly don't think Adams listens to anything The coaching staff says
2: (laughs) That's what it seems like
1: (laughs) I don't know how he could possibly listen And, like, I could see He seems like the dude that would say Nah, we're not doing that I'm just coming to the (laughs) ball." (laughs) <laughs> have you played with someone like that before yeah yeah he looks like that guy and like i said maybe it's because his facial expression never changes but i I wouldn't be surprised if the play was for him to just seal and catch the lob and he did that i wouldn't be surprised really but...
2: and, and billy donovan's kind of silly for running a play that they've ran with westbrook a bunch of times yeah uh i, I thought i thought that was kind of coaching letdown
1: yeah i didn't get i didn't get to because we we switched but i do want to give him major props for this season in general because that team is really garbage i mean we talk about how it's promising and you know um they could be rebuilding contending whatever but really if you look at the roster it's it's not a good team at all (laughs) He's made these guys play way out of themselves right dort uh Baisley, you know those guys nice no one else off the bench is you know we talked about it Ferguson Diallo yeah Roverson. I
2: have a little bit of a fear that with dort's incredible game they're gonna like trust him for half the season next year
1: oh no I'd trade him right now trade him while he's hot. <laughs> I mean, Trade yeah. him while he looks good, cause, yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, for and for Donovan to lose MVP finalist and Defensive Player of the Year finalist and leader in the league in threes in George last year, and Westbrook MVP candidate, you know, every year led the team in everything except for points because George did and steals because George did lose both those guys and to get this far it was impressive. With just CP and Lukens' door. I mean, a lot of young guys. Just really, just young guys. And CP. So, congrats to him on a good season. I hope he gets an extension, whatever. Whatever else is good for him. I hope he gets it, but... Um, I don't think it gets talked about enough. Because I don't think many coaches could lose two MVP candidates and still make the playoffs. Yeah. With a 38-year-old point guard. But... All right, back to the um, second round, the East. Uh, Miami and Milwaukee. We see what's happening. Man,
2: this has been an talk about getting exposed.
1: <laughs> Eye opening.
2: Yeah, because for them as a team. I, like I, we've been afraid of Milwaukee's problems all this time, but I just didn't expect them to just get demolished as quickly as they have.
1: Yeah. Me either.
2: I mean, there are so many things that have been wrong for Milwaukee these last three games. Uh, One of them, Giannis has been probably the fourth best player in this series. That's fair. I can make a case that uh, Jimmy Butler has been better, no no doubt.
1: He's been the best, for sure. Uh,
2: Bam Adebayo has maybe not been better, but has had more of an impact. Yes. And I would say Dragic with his the tough shots that he's been hitting has just been better. Yeah, I would agree. And now you're you got again, there's so many mismatches for Miami. Right. While Milwaukee really has no mismatch to go to. No, they don't. This this is what frustrates me about a lot of NBA teams is play breaks down, we run an isolation or pick and roll. Mm -hmm. but what what works for the good teams is lebron running a pick and roll or running an iso is always a mismatch james harden is always a mismatch
1: Mm
2: uh paul george kawhi leonard always a mismatch yeah Jokic murray a mismatch Mm
1: -hmm. yep
2: chris middleton isolating on jimmy butler is the dumbest thing i've ever seen
1: (laughs) you're isolating against you know top three defenders in the league exactly and you're not a good one-on-one player
2: Exactly And then Bledsoe is trying to attack Dragic who Dragic might be one of the few point guards More physical than Bledsoe Right uh, And Giannis is just attacking In the same way every time Yeah And it just looks bad Because like we said The four guys who can guard Giannis Have guarded Giannis And they've been strapping him the entire series Yep and Spolstra has, Spolstra has gone through all the tools. Yeah. All four of them have taken turns guarding him. It hasn't been two or three guys like I thought it would be.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And Milwaukee just has no answer. No, they don't. I mean, that's just like, honestly, that's the start of their problems.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think Miami's role players have dominated them. Like, all mm-hmm. this talk about how Milwaukee gives up threes but protects the paint. Yeah. Where have they protected the paint?
1: They haven't protected anything.
2: They haven't. They've been out-rebounded, even though they're bigger.
1: And Miami's not even shooting
2: that well. Miami's not shooting well, yet they're out-shooting them significantly. Yeah. And and it always feels like Miami's threes are good shots.
1: Most of them.
2: While Middleton, like in 60 to 70% of Middleton's threes are bad shots. Yeah. Every Giannis three is a bad shot. Every Bledsoe jump shot is a bad shot. (laughs) And and not to mention, now Brooke Lopez has lost his mind.
1: Hill is the only one taking good shots on the whole team.
2: Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately for them, he hasn't really been shooting that great. Yeah. But, like, again, I don't mind that when he's getting good shots. Every
1: Wes Matthews three that he has to take a dribble on is a bad (laughs) shot. Terrible
2: shot. (laughs) I mean, my God, it blows my mind how. How much better Miami has been. I think I've texted you every game that Miami just looks <laughs> superior in every way.
1: You have. <laughs> like I, keep waiting, I keep
2: waiting for Milwaukee. Like, yo, there's no way this mm-hmm. team is like back-to-back number one seeds. Like, there's got to be a like a certain level that they haven't gotten to. And yeah. every time, every time I think like they're finally starting to defend correctly. They're finally keeping Bam off their boards. They're not fouling him. They're Wesley Matthews is containing Jimmy Butler They're getting out to the shooters And then they let Dragic go left Three times in a row <laughs> Or they let Adebayo get Like four dunks in a row Right Or Jimmy Butler just gets comfortable shots
1: Or Harrell gets Comfortable shots Or comfortable any of threes. the role players Yeah,
2: I mean Crow- has Crowder taken a bad Shot this series
1: No and he's been lighting them up too
2: I mean, like how much – I don't understand what the defensive strategy is because you're not not taking anything away from Miami.
1: They've made Crowder look like an all-star
2: to me, honestly. It's crazy. I mean, Olenek in the first two games was torching him up like usual. (laughs) Yep. It it just blows my mind. I I don't know, man. I I really – I'm just shell-shocked at how quickly they've been dismantled
1: this is my analysis with Milwaukee and and Miami <clears throat> Milwaukee they don't play with any positions like they can they play complete positionless basketball most teams go you know maybe three guys play positionless but you have your like consistent center or big man consistent guard literally no one on the team is in a position I don't know what position Lopez plays. I haven't no. seen Lopez dunk in I don't know how long. Maybe once in the whole series. Greek Freak brings the ball up court. Wes Matthews brings the ball up court. Bledsoe brings the ball up court. And then, you know, Bledsoe can't spot up, obviously. You just mentioned that He can't spot up. Um, Lopez can't guard anyone that, you know, can... Can finish a suicide in less than 30 <laughs> seconds um you know and Greek Freak can't shoot so it's easy to just put someone who doesn't have to be mobile on him as long as you can backpedal you can guard Greek Freak on you know for Miami and the problem is Milwaukee does beat most people that way because not everyone can play positionless basketball it is a luxury they have however Miami has the same luxury, if not better. Because Bam can play every position. Jimmy can play every position. Crowder can play almost every position. I mean, I can go down the line. Harrow and Duncan Robinson can play one through three. Dirk Jones matter. come in there and guard everyone. He can play every position, except for point. But, I mean, it, so when you play someone like that, who... Um, You know, the difference between Milwaukee is that the people who can play multiple positions aren't good at any of them. Like, Wes Matthews is not... What position is Wes Matthews, like, honestly?
2: What would you say he's... It's weird. Like, this is the thing is, you could tell Crowder is 3-and-D, and and that's exactly what he's done for Miami.
1: No matter what position he's at.
2: Right. Yeah. Wesley Matthews is supposed to be (laughs) 3-and-D, but he's not getting any threes... He's mostly getting worked by Butler when Butler wants to dominate. Exactly. And on top of that, like, he's he's down there crashing for boards, but I can't – Brooke Lopez can't find an offensive rebound to save his life. Right. But Wesley Matthews is getting put backs every game?
1: Yeah. What What is going on? Right. And that's, like – This is, like, the perfect – Team to beat them because they are just as positionless and better at the positionless game. Yes And the thing is Like Bledsoe is supposed to be a point guard and he's not a good point guard So when he's positionless, he's not good at anything no. <laughs> And West Matthews is not good at anything And Greek freak they want him to be positionless, but he needs to stay in a position and probably would fix all of their offense because he would be in one spot and people could stick to a spot. Cause when he's at the point, then Middleton is like posting up and Wesley Matthews is setting screens and stuff, it just looks crazy.
2: Yeah. And it's it so work. messy, it's so random.
1: It's so random. And it- I don't I said before, I don't know how Bootenholzer looks at the film and says, We're doing the right thing and we're just losing. There's a difference between you going out there and everyone playing right and you guys look good but the other team just plays a little bit better miami's not even playing that
2: great i know they honestly they have the last two games they have really not shot the ball that well
1: i haven't seen duncan robinson hit two threes in any of the games he might have but it it looks he takes you know his shots are so off i can't even tell when they go
2: travels yeah i mean it's crazy that they would call that shit
1: right yeah, I mean it, it's really the only player that has like really played great. Oh well, Crowder and Butler. That's it. Yeah. Everyone else is playing just good or like, okay. Yeah. And
2: Drogic, Drogic honestly looks shocked at how open he's being left some of the time. Yeah. Like he's shooting the three better than I thought he would. To his credit. Mm-hmm. But like, I know I have to guard Drogic even at the three-point line. Yeah, you do. Yeah. That's what's crazy to me is like. I had just so many problems with Milwaukee. To me, I completely agree with what you said. But you know why I think that is? The reason why it's so random and chaotic? Why? There's no on-court leadership for Milwaukee.
1: Oh, definitely not. There's no IQ leader on the team. Right. No one has good IQ on the team.
2: And that's the problem is they have good IQ players. You would think so, yeah. And and George Hill, I could see George Hill trying to talk to guys, trying to like... (laughs) communicate yeah but he's just a quiet guy right yeah but when Giannis is out there doing random shit Middleton's Middleton doesn't do anything and then he wants like nine touches in a row yeah then he turns into Durant and Brooke Lopez doesn't want to pass the ball once he touches it black hole even if it's like the worst fadeaway I've ever seen he just takes it (laughs) as if as if oh my god the shot clock was running down did you see the one when he tried to get fouled? Yeah, you see, Middleton was like, "Dude, like you didn't like, why would you shoot that?"
1: Didn't Brook Lopez hit the top of the backboard twice in a row? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three once and then like on a hook shot, he thought he got fouled or something.
2: Yeah, it really it was crazy, man. There was that play where he took like the bad fadeaway where he tried to do like the swing through.
1: Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and and Middleton's, like, talking to him. And Lopez acknowledges, like, my bad. Like, (laughs) I shouldn't have shot that. Like, that was me. My fault. And then his (laughs) next four shots are ball hog, like, garbage shots.
1: Yeah, like he's trying to make up for
2: it. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, man. Milwaukee, I'm honestly, I'm more impressed with Budenholzer from from this series is because he's... Hid all their problems really well. Yes, and, and I,
1: I think I think people don't know how hard it is to coach Greek Freak. I think it's I think Giannis is uh, it's understated how hard it is to coach him. Not maybe attitude wise, but because he's only good at what he's good at. I think coaches have a hard time putting him. Like he doesn't want to play power forward, but he should be. He should be playing down low, but he doesn't want to because he can get the rebound and just go coast to coast.
2: Yeah. Which, so, which is frustrating to me because playing a specific position doesn't take away your opportunities to get out on the break. Yeah. Right. But it's like at this point I don't know I don't know how Milwaukee fixes that next year. Not obviously they're done. Like, they're getting out either next game or after the next. But I don't know how they fix this moving forward. Um,
1: They need – I think they need – yeah, I don't know, man.
2: Because they would have to completely change their – like, the structure of their offense. They would, yeah. And to me, it's going to be hard to do that when you fall back into your bad playoff habits, but you're winning games during the season. Right. And you're not only winning games, you're like dominating teams during the season. Right. And, and, and honestly, like with with Greek Freak and Bledsoe out there, if you're not getting transition opportunities, you, you're really not going to beat anybody.
1: <laughs> I know.
2: And Miami has, got, Miami has gotten back to their credit. Like every play, everybody sprints back. Yep. One thing I love about Miami, nobody complains and bitches that they didn't get a call. Yep. And they've just been more disciplined. They look in better shape. Mm-hmm. And like we've said, their players, even though they're playing positionless, it's there's more comfort for everybody.
1: There is. You know, they play positionless, but they play with roles. Yes. And Milwaukee does not play with roles. They just play positionless. Because, I mean, like I said, Greek Freak will get it. What is Greek Freak's role on the team? I have no idea.
2: I couldn't tell you.
1: He doesn't consistently lead the team in rebounds. He doesn't consistently, you know, get a lot of assists. I don't know what he's supposed to do.
2: Yeah. It's just these last two games, I keep waiting. As I said, I keep waiting for Milwaukee to figure something out. Yeah. And the problem is as they get deeper and deeper into the hole and they're losing – by game two, you could feel that Milwaukee like almost fears Miami. Yeah. Because now Middleton's like forcing his way to play well. Yep. And Giannis is just like forcing his way inside or he's jacking threes. Yeah. I mean, there's like nothing they could do to fix it. There's nothing they could do to create an easy opportunity for themselves. And it yep. just blows my mind that it, it was just so fast.
1: Yeah, that is, I'm with you on that for sure. It being fast, that's crazy.
2: It just like they, They're almost like the Rockets to an extent. Where at one point, Golden State was like, dude, look at these guys. Like, look at them just missing shots. Like, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And now, look at these guys. When they play half-court basketball, they can't get good shots.
1: No, they don't. They don't. You don't get good shots at all. And Greek Freak has the ball so long for him to just do the same hesitation spin move.
2: Oh, I drive left, spin right. Or yeah. oh I drive either way, Euro step the other way.
1: Or just run you over. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever is easiest.
2: Uh, yeah. That's one thing I've I've I could criticize Boonholzer definitely for is he really hasn't helped uh Giannis as far as like even trying to put him in better positions,
1: and, and but this is my point. Maybe he can't. Maybe Giannis won't let him. Maybe it doesn't work out with anyone in the season
2: off season. Remember, but it's just like I've seen them create kind of like free throw line isolations for Giannis. Yeah, but like to me, if why are you getting so many isos for him up top, but those free throw line isolations we see like once a quarter, right? If he takes a bad shot from the free throw line, okay, I'll take that over a, a three-pointer that gets uglier and uglier every time he shoots it. Right. So I don't know, I just to me some th- of that has to be on the coach.
1: Yeah, it has to be, but like I said, man, I honestly don't think Giannis listens to anybody. I think Giannis just goes out there and does whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And I I do I want to believe Boudenholzer is a stronger, you know, more respected coach than that, but I'm I'm really I'm really not sure. Cause I just can't imagine I can't imagine him watching the film and just saying, Yeah, Giannis, take that three. Yeah. Or yeah, Giannis, um, you know, you ISO thirty five feet from the basket, you got it.
2: It's it's funny because he's going up against a coach who who has that strong voice. Because right. I does. saw uh, Last game, Miami, I think in the second quarter Had a bad defensive stretch And as he's calling the timeout is like yelling at him Something about not playing defense
1: mm-hmm.
2: They come out They come out of that timeout And Milwaukee doesn't score for like three and a half minutes Right And I was like, "Booneholzer could never do that
1: One thing I think is Is nice about um, Miami is that a lot of the guys there are are like young enough to be influenced by the coach, I guess. Yeah. Milwaukee, I mean, they have no young guys on Milwaukee. I mean, just DiVincenzo, Chinzo, that's really it. Everyone else has been in the league for 10 years.
2: Pat Connaughton, he's been around for a while.
1: Yeah, he's been around for I mean, he's been around for a while, but not saying that they shouldn't listen to the coach because they're older, but I think that Spolstra has this level of, uh, it's a different level of respect because so many guys are young, so many guys are journeymen, so many guys are really impressionable. And I mean, Wes Matthews has been a hard head his whole career.
2: But like the thing is, Bledsoe. the thing is Jimmy Butler bought into Miami's culture.
1: He did, but it's just as long as you play hard, Jimmy Jimmy's on board.
2: But that's the thing, like Giannis acts like, you know, he's all about Milwaukee and he said the thing the other day when they asked him like how come you haven't guarded Jimmy Butler? And he's like, "Why would you ask me that? Like I just do whatever the coach tells me to do." You believe that though, honestly? That right that right there tells me that you're not coachable. That doesn't <laughs> that does not tell me that you're this like you're this super loyal guy who just does whatever the coach says. Yeah. That tells me that you think, like, oh, the coach instructs, instructs me to do one thing. That's the one thing I'm doing. Right. Like, come he, on, man. That...
1: He could have said, you know, with, with how it matches up, I think Wes is the better guy to check on right. You know, me, the coaching staff, and I both think Wes is the guy to guard. I mean, he could have said anything, but I'll do whatever coach tells me to do. He
2: basically gave the the – like the, I'm tough, but I just haven't... I didn't want to step out of line. Yeah. Where, like, or, it's really Budenhoser's fault that I'm not guarding Jimmy Butler, but I'm also not going to acknowledge that I've asked to, to do that.
1: Yeah, just to take responsibility off of him. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I've noticed that, and, you know, there's no secret Bledsoe hasn't been the most coachable player. You know, I don't think Bledsoe would, like, fight with the coach, but he obviously doesn't do what the coach asks. It's, yeah. You get to, obvious.
2: Again, the shot selection tells the story.
1: It does. I think Hill and Connaughton are the only guys who truly go out there and do exactly what the coach says. The only two.
2: It was really the, man that fourth quarter of Game Three was just. I thought OKC looked awful offensively their entire series. Yeah. But once I saw are. that Milwaukee fourth quarter, I was like, you know, OKC really hasn't been that bad.
1: <laughs> well, because they are awful. At least they don't have any all stars. Right. Milwaukee has two. Right. An MVP and an all-star. You know? Well, I mean I, CP's an all star, but you know. Barely.
2: Yeah. So, and uh I mean Tyler Harrow's been great. Yes. Playing with great confidence. Why does Bootenholzer play uh Divin Shinzo and Pat Conanton at the same time? I have no idea. What, it's what gross. is what was that lineup with with them two? George Hill, Giannis, and Marvin Williams at one point.
1: Trying to force Giannis to play his position?
2: That blew my mind. I was like, dude, you're asking for Miami to go on a run.
1: I I hate DiVincenzo's shot selection too, by the way. Because
2: Most of the time. He comes back to that positionless nonsense that they do. Yeah, because what position does he play? He's out there like, when he touches the ball, he's supposed to be a point guard, but then for <laughs> five plays, he won't touch the ball. Yeah. Unless it's to move it to somebody else,
1: right? And then when he finally gets it, he turns into like a go to three, yeah, or something.
2: And Connaughton's you know? out there doing like trying to do the same shit Wesley Matthews does, like crashing the boards. <laughs> like, come on, man! It just looks so bad. It's
1: bad, man. It is. And Budenholzer has has success with the positionless, semi positionless with Atlanta. I I would say they were. I think they were one of the earlier teams to have, like, really um, blurred position lines. Because I still don't know what position Josh Smith played. Right. I know he wasn't guard, but he played everything but the point guard. Right. Jo- uh, Joe played two, three, four. You know, he ca- ever since then, pe- teams have made Joe the four since that time. You know? Yeah. Horford would t- catch it at the top of the key, and he'd make a lot of the passes. So he's had success with this. This is why I put a lot of ownership on Greek Freak, because I've seen it work. I know that that team didn't win anything, but they weren't as talented as... And
2: their biggest problem was not being able to guard LeBron.
1: Yeah, and that's and you know that's everybody's problem. Right. And then the, the Heat came, when LeBron went to the Heat, that came, so they were done. But I've seen him have success with this thing, and it just isn't working here for some reason. I'm trying to figure out why it worked in Atlanta. Josh Smith was equally as uncoachable, you know. Jamal Crawford is equally as a renegade as anybody, but he got it to work, and now it's not working. So something is something on the team. It's not Budenholzer for me. I
2: mean, you could tell players have a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, Where are we at now? We did both East, right? Uh,
2: Yeah. Let's talk Denver uh, Clippers.
1: Let me say this about Denver real quick. I hate how (laughs) Denver Malone acts like people being hot means like nothing to him unless it's Murray. That's hot. No one else on the team can get hot and keep getting the ball. Nobody. I mean, Jokic just takes the ball, but if like Harris is hot, It's just he's hot for as long as they let him have the ball, and then you know the hot goes away. This last game, we saw it. Grant starts the game out four for four, beautiful shots, easy buckets. He only takes eight shots the whole game. He was four for four in the first six minutes of the game, and he only takes four the rest of the 42 minutes. Yeah, who does
2: that? (laughs) Denver, Denver's like trying to be too balanced.
1: Porter is the same same way, and Jokic hates when Porter gets hot. <laughs> have you seen it? Yeah. He hates it. Porter gets on a roll, and Jokic is, like, so upset that Porter, like, gets a nice shot before Jokic gets up court. Yeah. he, I mean, I don't understand how they do that as a team and think they're going to be successful because they have so many guys who can get hot. Yeah. But, but they won't let him get hot unless it's Murray.
2: Denver is another team, like, you know, you forget that they practically got eliminated last round. (laughs) Uh, But they have a lot of flaws. And they shouldn't. No.
1: That's the craziest thing.
2: What bothers me is, not only do they not seek out the hot hand, but, like, when Murray only gets awful shots when he has the hot hand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he just has to be spectacular. Right.
2: And then Jokic, like... Even when Jokic is hot, he doesn't really want to shoot the ball. No, he doesn't. It's like he wants to, like he's too much of a passer a lot of the time, and then at the same time he's mad because their offense looks bad.
1: Yeah, he, he's he wants to be the passer, but is mad when he doesn't like when it doesn't
2: run through him. So. Right. And it's it there's this weird dynamic of uh they're defensively similar to Portland in a lot of ways, a lot of lazy pick and roll coverage a lot of like give up to because we don't feel like sprinting out to contest or we don't feel like boxing out to rebound yeah none of the effort plays or a lot of the effort plays aren't being made by certain guys right and you combine that with like murray mostly getting bad shots whether he's playing well or not Yep. uh all your role players can't really get going because you don't you don't really get them touches consistently, right? And now you just have an awful recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah, it, and it, when the role players don't get touches consistently, it just they'll never beat teams. You know, that have a
2: good starting five that right. way,
1: because but because when like, your second team doesn't get to shoot,
2: right? But I think they could be fine if Murray and Jokic were like. The clear-cut focal points of the shot selection. Yeah. Like, their shot selections often weirdly spread out, but, like, so many guys... Why is everybody on the team taking bad shots?
1: Right, and they definitely don't need to.
2: Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, Grant honestly has to hit, like, contested threes to get going.
1: Yeah, and he does it,
2: you know, but... (laughs) And then he doesn't get a touch. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. then like Porter, 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 hasn't played great offensively, but you also don't really put him in positions to be successful. Every time Porter scores,
1: it looks like he like stole that shot. Yes. From the team. And I don't understand that at all. Did you not see the bubble games? Yeah. Man. Malone.
2: I'm, I'm telling team. you, I'm pretty sure they don't like him. They probably don't. I, I might be with all that nonsense he's been saying about COVID. No, Uh, that can't be it. But there seems to be like a disconnect from Porter to the rest of the team.
1: I'll tell you who the problem is to me. And I know this is going to sound blasphemous to people, but it's Jokic. Jokic,
2: I'm starting to see that too.
1: Jokic has to... I, I honestly think this year may be the end of positionless basketball in the league. Because Jokic refuses to pick a position ever. And I think that... Ruins their rebounding because they're like, okay, is Jokic coming for this rebound now or not? Is he is Jokic going to be handling the ball? Because no one knows whether they should bring the ball up or wait for, you know, Jokic to come get it at two miles an hour whatever he does. And they're like, okay, well, should I be taking this? Oh, no, wait, here comes Jokic. Oh, should I crash? Oh, no, Jokic is down there. So they don't know. I feel like no one knows what Jokic is going to do on the play because he, yeah. you know, he doesn't pick, he doesn't consistently play anything.
2: It's almost like, he... it's almost like Jokic like tells them like, yo, I have to show off that I could do everything. Right. Like that's he... what bothers me is every game he has to do every aspect of basketball.
1: And it, it he has to just for him.
2: Yes. Like he doesn't have to. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: He doesn't have to do anything, honestly. Exactly. A lot of the times they
2: need him to shoot. They only need
1: him to shoot. They only need him to do one thing at a time, and he wants to do everything. I mean, they have good guards. They have great shooters. They have good athleticism. Just rebound and pass. They could be fine. If Joker said, you know what, guys? I'm never coming in the paint today. They would probably still win the game as long as he's stuck with that the whole game. Right. If he said, you know what, guys, I'm never coming out the paint. I'm rim running. They could do
2: it. Yeah. The team is that good. It's it's getting to the point where, like, his versatility is hurting the team because it's he's so committed to be versatile. Yes. But like, everybody else, you, you mess up everybody else's kind of rhythm with that.
1: Yes. Grant is an amazing um, – well, I shouldn't say amazing, but Grant, one of his um, – strengths is running the floor he's really good at running the floor he's fast he can push the ball with, with the ball in his hands you know he probably jumps the highest on the team he's
2: Grant's probably top five top ten athletes in the league
1: yeah but yet he gets the he gets the rebound and has to give it to Jokic and wait for Jokic. it doesn't make sense or you know he'll get up court and Jokic will wave him off so no we're running whatever i want to run yeah so I, I think Jokic has like claimed this leadership of the team and yeah he may be the most overall talented player on the team but he's not what he's doing as a leader is not cutting it if if that's what it is. Yeah. And the thing is um I like Jokic. I think he's good, but he doesn't have to uh, play everything at the same time. He really just doesn't.
2: Yeah, it's frustrating. Something I liked from them during the year was like when they play through Jokic and they give him the ball and all those talented wings and guards move. Yes. Where yes. did that go?
1: Jokic stops making good decisions. <laughs> and then at, at the end of the game, Jokic and Murray play like this buddy ball thing where it's just But it's
2: not. That's what kill It's not like a healthy pick and roll.
1: And it's every single play. He brings it up court, and he does. He yeah. turns, hands it to Murray, and then no one else on the court is involved. Yeah. It's very it's similar to
2: what uh, OKC used to do with Russ and KD.
1: Yeah, but Russ and KD are both Hall of Famers, and neither of Murray or Jokic are Hall of Famers. Right,
2: and and <laughs> they str- and Russ and KD, as talented as they are, would struggle with that.
1: And the other thing is, with with um, Jokic and Murray, and Russ and KD. Russ um, would get the driving lane when KD would pop out or you know KD would roll. But Jokic just he like sets the pick and is just
2: out the way. And Murray isn't a driver. Yes. And what you ends know? up happening is like Murray always takes too long to get him the ball. Yeah. So when he does get it, he's not really that open to shoot. And now right. at this point, because Murray had to like probe to even get you the ball. The yeah. shot clock is running low.
1: Yeah, and they both have one of them have to take a highlight. Yeah, a shot. and it
2: just that's what, that's like their default. It is. I'd rather you actually run a pick and roll, bro. Jokic cannot be lazy enough to roll like three times a game. Yeah, you're right. Like he's gotten in better shape as far as getting up and down the court, but he mm-hmm. still looks lazy as shit with the little things like contesting shots.
1: Oh, forget about
2: that. Right, no way. Uh, oftentimes, <laughs> boxing out, no, no, no. Mason Plumley will do it. I don't got to do that.
1: Yeah, I'm what? not even going to go in there.
2: But then but then he'll box out like a guard and then bring the ball up. Right. Just because he wants to show that he's a guard, too.
1: Yeah, and Barton, I mean, not Barton now, but normally in the season, Barton and Grant are down there sleeping for him to get, get up court. Both of them high flyers. Yeah. Both of them energy guys. He sucks the energy out of the offense when he does that
2: but that's one thing i think one thing barton helped them is they would sometimes say forget that little like two-man game we try to run Let's let's just throw it to barton and see what he could do
1: yeah it,
2: they did and it, it worked because he is he's that kind of scorer right he's a breakdown scorer for sure but that's still not a healthy like recipe for playoff success
1: it's not it's not and the thing is when they did that jokic was under the basket when Murray and Jokic do it, I don't know where Mur- uh, where Jokic goes. Murray, like, takes a shot, and then it's a fast break for the other team.
2: Yeah. If it doesn't and Jokic in. is the first one back, and he's still oftentimes too slow to, like, match up.
1: <laughs> right. Right. When Barton does it, it's like they know everyone gets in the paint. All right, Barton's about to take this. Will's taking this shot. Yeah. And it's fine. But I, I never know what's going to happen with Jokic and Murray's two-man game. Unless Murray has 50 already. And then I know, you know, okay, Murray's taking this. Other than that, a lot of times it's a turnover too. Yeah. So.
2: My my thing is this is a lot more of like Malone's fault than uh than like the Bucks situation is. It is, yeah. Uh, Jokic is definitely, just as far as their overall play is is a big problem, Mm -hmm. but Malone's roster decisions and, and still blow my mind. Yeah, I agree. How does... I don't understand. You remember when he benched uh Michael Porter for kind of not really playing good defense? Yeah. And he's done that, you know, other times.
1: Yeah. He's benched but, Barton a lot for that.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. But Jokic doesn't get benched when he doesn't even, like, try to guard anybody on the pick-and-roll.
1: Jokic have three straight turnovers and not get benched.
2: Uh, like, nobody ever pulls Murray to the side. Like, yo, maybe, like... Maybe, you know, when you come off, like, kind of be a little more patient when you create so you can get, like, a good shot. Yeah. Nobody does that. Um, And Millsap is out there playing for the other team for, like, five minutes at a time.
1: Jokic doing what he does completely eliminates Millsap from the offense. Yeah. Because Millsap can't rebound. He can't step out and do whatever he thinks he can do stepping out. He can't post up. He does
2: nothing. He's not even... Dude, he's... He's looking like Conley looked early in the year where he like he really can't even rebound that well anymore. He's he doesn't finish at all. And he <laughs> doesn't he like he just tries to draw fouls and it looks so bad.
1: It does. And they like when their offense runs smoothly, I feel like they get the ball in like really bad places. They get in like short corner a lot. Yeah. They get stuck there. Or they get it on like the second or third hash mark, like right before the elbow. But it's like clogged up and then no one's open to kick it out to. You know, no one's down low for the rebound. It just, you know, I don't know.
2: The to, Clippers, me, to me, they there's no need to play another big man with Jokic. You just need four, like a couple guards and a couple wings so we're going to get after it.
1: Well, it shouldn't be. Yeah, I agree. But if he never gets rebounds, they don't rebound.
2: I I think they've shown me that they can rebound the ball well. They can. That's one thing that's different from them, like from Portland. They've shown me that they can play real defense, like really well. Yeah. Even with Jokic out there, they've shown me that if they commit to containing, if they don't get lazy with just switching out on guys, they could get stops.
1: Oh, for sure.
2: I I think they could do that against the Clippers. I do, too. But Jokic is going to have to, like, commit to, to playing with more energy all around.
1: Yeah, he does. He has to commit to playing with energy and commit to picking a position so everyone else can do their jobs. Yeah. He If he's doing my job, what am I, like I said, he does Millsap's job. Yeah. So then what's Millsap supposed to do?
2: And Malone, Malone's got to pull, like, he's got to not be selective with who he trusts too much. Yes. Like, if you're a hard coach, if you're going to do, like, what Spolster does and get mad, which I see him trying to do, he gets mm-hmm. mad when they don't play D. He constantly talks shit when he gives the interview, like, oh, we're not guarding anybody.
1: Yeah, he tries the Popovich thing. But it's they don't respond at all. No, they don't. And then, you're just, you know, I don't know why he can't get Porter to play to his best of his ability at all. Yeah. Porter could be the, the other guard that gets rebounds. He's, an, he's a fantastic rebounder. When he gets rebounds, I mean, it, I, it doesn't look like he can get it, but he snatches it, he works hard, he pump fakes, he bodies, and he finishes all, a lot of offensive rebounds for them. Yeah. And it, it's like that does nothing for Malone, like whatever. You're not doing anything else. But then he takes him out of the paint, and then it's, you know, I don't know, man. It's a lot. And the Clippers just so we could talk about the Clippers, the Clippers played good, but they didn't they didn't play amazing.
2: I mean, I will give them credit. They're starting to figure out the offense a little bit more. Yeah. With everybody now like playing, you know, full time. Yeah. Uh they've the last couple games and this goes back to the Dallas series. They've done a good job of balancing Kawhi's like I'm going to dominate while you guys stand around yeah with we're gonna move the ball and get our role players open shots
1: i completely agree yeah they have
2: and something like that opens up with some basic like paul george playing better because mm-hmm. i don't think paul george like yeah he had the big game at the end of the series but i still don't think he's really like playing great mm-hmm. but he's starting to hit shots he's starting to create for guys and it's opening up it's opening up Shamit to make plays yeah, I mean that game one. That was the best I've seen Patrick Beverly play in a while.
1: It was the first time he played in a <laughs> in a while. But like even during the yeah, season, right. I don't
2: remember him doing good things out there.
1: You're right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and... I think Kawhi has been passing the ball really well since Dallas.
2: Yeah, but one Kawhi... thing one thing like the Dallas's defense and the Nuggets in game one, mm-hmm. they allow him to just get inside.
1: Oh yeah, and that's it. Like Miami,
2: Miami builds a wall, and Greek Freak can't get past the free throw line without kicking it out. Mm -hmm. But with Kawhi Leonard, teams team it seems like teams think, well, we put Kleber on him. Kleber is just as big, so he could body him to stay out there. Or we we could put Grant or Millsap, and they're strong enough to body. Like once Kawhi gets ahead of steam, you got to have help to not let him get inside the the mid range.
1: Yeah, or not let him get that little short, that real short jumper.
2: Yes. He gets those every When time. he gets inside, like, the free throw line, I don't care mm-hmm. that you contested his shot. It's not good defense.
1: Right. Yeah, you got to be all up on him. Don't let it come up. To his to credit,
2: know. he's just been shooting the ball really well since they got into the playoffs.
1: He's been taking really good shots, too. Yeah. He hasn't taken a lot of
2: threes. Yes, that's one thing I've loved is him getting to that, like, paint jumper area Mm -hmm. because those are so money for him
1: yeah butter yep and i i think um the last two games i think in dallas when paul george wasn't playing well he was moving the ball really nicely yeah and i wonder if if it's a winning i wonder if because they're winning he does that or he does that to win so that's what i haven't i haven't noticed i think denver would have to go up a game you know be up in the game to see what happens yeah cause seems like when they go down I don't know if Kawhi goes to that and then Kawhi goes to trying to play hero ball but um I haven't I can't remember last time they've really been down
2: yeah I I think their offense has also been a little bit inflated like I think Morris has shot the ball extremely well yes like uncharacteristically well from three Mm -hmm. uh Shamit's finally like gotten it going a little bit Mm mhm Uh, So so I don't know how much of that, like the Jermichael Green threes, the Morris threes.
1: Jamichael Green has shot amazing. And like
2: the Beverly jumpers. Like, I don't know if you want to trust that moving forward.
1: Right, right. (laughs) Shout out to Reggie Jackson.
2: He's also shot the ball extremely well.
1: He has, he has. (laughs) Until last game.
2: (sighs) Ugh.
1: I didn't know that I was. I didn't know anyone had kept that stat. Zero zero, zero, zero. First, only third player in history.
2: Yeah, didn't Snell do that?
1: Probably, thirteen minutes.
2: Oh, I remember Tony Snell did that in like twenty minutes.
1: <laughs> Tony Snell had to have had a turnover.
2: <laughs> I, I I I'll try to find that like little picture of his stat. Yeah, it was funny.
1: All right, well, we got one more.
2: Yeah, Lakers-Houston. Okay. I should have I should have expected game one to go the way it did.
1: Why? Because, you know, LeBron takes the first games off?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know what's weird? The Lakers, and they did this with Portland because they looked night and day different from the first game to the last four games. Yeah. Uh, but the Lakers, they do this, like, experimental defense in game one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Where I'm starting to realize it's not it's not just so much laziness, it's just them like knowing like we want to see what we have to contain moving forward.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, yesterday, it honestly felt like the Lakers were playing like a meaningless game for them, and they wanted to get like a scouting report on this same team that they're gonna play.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's little, what LeBron said. It was basically.
2: It's just it's shocking to me that you do it. You know, in-game instead of just studying, like, bubble film or previous round film, which which is much easier.
1: Or film from when you played them, at least. Right. Yeah.
2: But, to me, guarding the Rockets the way they did is you're literally trying to let Houston win the game.
1: By just backing up?
2: Either backing up, not closing out on guys who are only out there to spread the floor. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Who, this notion that, oh, I am i don't care about closing out on P.J. Tucker in the corner. Dude, where else does P.J. Tucker shoot the ball from? Right. Like, Houston, that's exactly what Houston wants to do, is just get that pickup back and forth going. hmm And the Lakers, like, honestly, they at times looked experimental on offense. Yeah, they did. You know they they thought uh, we're gonna try ad on a, uh, whoever's checking them. We could we're gonna see if we could kind of play through ad in the post. Mm-hmm. And I understand that the Rockets play small ball. I get it. And I thought the Lakers would dominate them on the boards. They didn't in that first game. But mm-hmm. taking advantage of your size is not posting up your biggest player on PJ Tucker. <laughs> this like why do why do guys keep doing that? I don't know. Like, Steven Adams was trying to bully P.J. Tucker that whole series. It looked hideous. Yep. And he doesn't even have moves. AD has moves, and he looked hideous trying to ISO on P.J. Tucker. Yeah. It just, like, P.J. Tucker is by far their best defender. Why are you attacking the strongest part of their defense? That was strange. I thought that was strange. It just, it didn't make sense that they were so slow... They were trying to, like, post-feed AD, and that never looked good. Even when he was getting the tough buckets on uh, Harden. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude, Harden is strapping you. Like, why, this is not – you taking contested fadeaways is not what I want to see. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, you know, he did as usual. I'm going to just chill and get buckets whenever I feel like it.
1: Yeah, see how they guard me. Right. Right. See what happens when I do this. And right. I, and, of whatever. course,
2: in the fourth quarter, he was nowhere to be found. Yeah. He's always, he always disappears in these, like, experimental games.
1: And they quit kind of early. Yes. I, mean, I thought I didn't think the game was over, but they did.
2: But that's what's, what's crazy to me. Now, you let the Rockets get confidence that they can beat you.
1: Yeah, and the Rockets didn't use all their weapons. Not at all. I thought, I like... Mean, the- McLemore play?
2: Yeah, briefly. He
1: he shot great in the bubble. Right. I mean, he could have came in and got two or three threes off. House really didn't take a lot of shots. You know, Jeff Green didn't take a lot of shots. I mean, they had a, a bunch of guys that they just, you know, had out there but they weren't using. Yeah. It may because they didn't need to, but they could. You know?
2: Yeah, and I I don't I hope they're not planning on guarding Harden that same way the whole series. No, it'll be a long series. It, it really pissed days. me off because they all looked like they were playing great defense. You know, all the the guards that the Lakers throw out there. Caruso, Green, KCP. Mm-hmm. But when, you, when you're when you crowding Harden, if he just walks past you, what's, what is the point of that defense?
1: <laughs> there is no point.
2: And like early on, I, I could tell that the Lakers kind of wanted that to be the case so yeah. you know all they can have all their length contesting
3: mm-hmm. but,
2: but then the Rockets were like oh we're just gonna spread it out and get the kickouts going
1: you see such a con- a contrast from how they guarded Harden to how they guarded uh Lillard yeah you know Lillard they double teamed at half court they I mean and they didn't strap him because he didn't really try to like really go at it you know I don't know it might have been the finger or whatever he didn't let like go crazy trying to go at it, but they should kind of do the same thing with Harden that they did on Lillard, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, but it's um, weird because they like tried to double a couple times. Yeah. But they clearly it was kind of random.
1: It was, yeah. And then they just let it, let the shooters be open once he passed. Yeah.
2: It. That's what really killed me is like they the Lakers were literally saying, like, "Y'all could kill us if you're going to hit shots today."
1: Yeah. And they really didn't hit that many. No. And like I said, I mean, they had guys that House can mess around and hit five. Mclemore can mess around and hit five. Green can mess around and hit three or four.
2: I mean, Tucker can hit four or five. Yeah, Covington yeah, can hit like five to eight.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're not doing anything, and none of them did much, so you know, I think Tucker took the most threes, but the guys who could take more threes didn't. So yeah. I think they, you know, Lakers kind of, I don't know. I think maybe D'Antoni caught on and said, "You know what? Maybe not. I'm not gonna put all the weapons in. I'm not gonna show everything. Show all my cards." Because I could see the Lakers come out and think they're gonna double Harden and Westbrook, and then they put Macklemore and House in there, and they go crazy from three. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're gonna, gonna just...
2: have to let. They're gonna have to give up that Harden step back if their guards can't like stay in front, though. Hmm. Cause it's stupid to me. Danny Green like crowding him just to get walked by. Is it looks dumb? Yeah. The does. Rockets after the first quarter got shot good shots off of it every time. Yep. Like when you let Harden be in rhythm from start to finish, you're gonna have a tough time stopping them.
1: And Harden's range was on point too.
2: Right. But yeah, but that's the thing. Harden got some some floaters and some layups, and then his three started going. Yeah. You can't let Harden get easy shit early in the game. I mean, you can't do that for any scorer, let alone the guy who averaged, you know, 35.
1: Right. Yep. All right. I don't have anything else I'm, to I'm add. curious
2: to see what the next game is going to look like. Yeah, me too. Russ me has got to be better, man. Like, I thought, like, even <laughs> even in playing well... Which, like, you you really should say that he played well in game one, but I still didn't like what I saw from him.
1: I'm not, I won't say any time he has five turnovers that he played well. (laughs) Even though that is his game. Is, I don't know. I don't, I don't see Westbrook staying on this team much longer. I really don't. I know I've been saying that all year, but now it's showing even worse. Because I, I really don't think they looked good as a team y- yesterday. You know, they looked good enough to win, but they didn't look good.
2: I liked what I saw from them. I, li- I mean, you know, when you're getting open shots all game, it's hard to not like what you're seeing. But
1: Yeah, but they only made 14, coming from the team that has the record for made threes. Right.
2: One thing I like, man, they rebounded really well. And it wasn't like the Lakers were trying to get on the boards,
1: that's true. They did move uh, but really they, well. but there was a
2: lot of moments when like multiple guys would box out uh, Javale,
3: mm-hmm.
2: or multiple guys would box out uh, Howard.
1: Yeah, yeah. They did a really good job with Javale and, and Dwight for sure. They kind of uh, neutralized them yeah. out of the game.
2: I know PJ Tucker would be having to take ice baths after every game.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: he'd be D'Antoni. Like D'Antoni was like, man, if we could sacrifice Tucker to get his ass beat by bigs all game long, we yeah. could really play small ball. Well, you know his
1: feet never get sore. He has a new pair of shoes every game. That <laughs> every was one game. thing. That
2: was the one positive after the Rockets beat the OKC. Yeah. <laughs> that we could see more of Tucker's rotation.
1: Yeah, 120 pair rotation, whatever yeah. it is. At the bubble, too. That's the wild thing. Is he even signed to Nike? Oh, I... I'm not he sure. He's a Foot Locker deal. I know that.
2: Yeah, I don't think he's signed a specific brand.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. I'm pretty
2: sure he's he's talked about, like, not wanting to be limited to one brand.
1: So he pays full price for all those?
2: I doubt it. He has to. But he's such a, like, known sneakerhead that now, like, him rocking the sh- certain shoes is, you know, promo for that shoe.
1: Maybe, maybe Foot Locker gives him a deal. Maybe. Maybe he gets maybe he gets a little something from Foot Locker cuz I do know he has that. I saw him on the uh commercials. Um anything else NBA? Oh, Nash. Right. Nash to the Nets. Yeah. I don't really have a lot to say about that cuz I really it I really don't know what to say about it.
2: Yeah, it's hard to like predict anything. Uh, yeah. the only real like the only thoughts I have is I'm I'm positively excited about it. Okay. Uh, I'm excited about like I was excited about Brooklyn's potential even before the whoever they hired.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. To me, they have too much talent to like not be excited for. Yeah. And, and I think Nash. Hypothetically, he should have the voice or everybody's attention. Yeah. But I would think so. The, I mean, it's just it's tough to commit to that prediction because he's never coached. Right. Uh, but Nash has been around the game. So, like, him him being hired, like, that didn't, that wasn't like, you know, what Stephen A said as far as being privileged. He, he deserves a head coaching job if he wants one.
1: Yeah. I mean, if he got an interview and anyone else got an interview and he got it, I'm cool with that. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of the names people th- threw out, the reasonings, don't make any sense to me i mean people threw out lou uh just because lou it seems accomplished kyrie played for lou too if kyrie wanted him maybe he didn't want him they're like oh lou is perfect he he's done this he's had talent and they always talk about what he did for lebron but they forget kyrie was there
2: kyrie left kyrie
1: Kyrie probably said man if you bring lou in here i'm done trade me you know you
2: right i wouldn't surprise me
1: yeah, and, um, you know, they've had kid already. So, I mean, I don't really see <clears> – <throat> I understand the argument people were making, but the names that they chose, to me, they just wouldn't get the job. Yeah. They just wouldn't. A lot of the other guys, you know, Gentry, he's never coached talent like this, you know?
2: Yeah. I think so. Nash – one thing to be – like, you have to be excited for how creative Nash is going to try to be.
1: Even if he isn't, it'll look creative because we'll have never seen it.
2: Right. And Nash is the type to be running, like, the most basic shit. But he'll make it, like, he'll make some slight adjustment to make it look, like, insane. Yeah. Because Nash, you know, if you watch Nash on the Sun, it's like, he's just running pick and rolls. Like, it's really all he's doing. But he made pick and rolls look like, oh, that's all we have to run on offense.
1: Right. Nash is revolutionary, man. Yeah. He's a revolutionary player, you know the way he scored, but yet was the best assist man in yeah. the league. He was, was just, you know, exceptional. Uh,
2: recently, he was before Steph. He was like that that last guard to really change the game.
1: Yeah, I I always call him and Dirk the original Splash Bros for me.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, for when you had those two guys that could hit threes. Knockdown down like them It was just crazy It was more
2: Honestly it was more Nash that opened up Like NBA offenses Than even like D'Antoni did
1: Yeah it was Yeah Cause Nash I mean The Transition threes Nash would make You know Nash would His I don't think I remember people Shooting with range Before Nash Like People had range Like people could catch it From far away And hit a shot But Nash Would pull up from far away, yeah. he was one of the first people I remember doing that, um, you know, in modern times. Yeah. But like, if you didn't check Nash, if Nash was hot and you didn't check him, you know, six feet from the line, yeah. he'd take one step forward and just knock it down. Yeah, Nash was was
2: also—he was like the best at probing too.
1: Oh, for sure.
2: A lot for of sure. a lot of guards do it now, just to just because they couldn't get a shot or couldn't find anyone. Yeah, Nash would every every second he was probing you were expected you expecting him to find somebody
1: yeah Yep. yeah and you would never know until he passed it who he was passing to (laughs) yeah i'm excited for it too man maybe he makes a point guard out of kyrie
2: that would be just if he got if he gets kyrie and kd playing the right way dude brooklyn brooklyn could go crazy
1: I highly doubt
2: it, but I doubt, I'm I, I open. doubt that, too. I'm open to the opportunities. Uh, but Nash is, if anybody can do it, I think Nash could pull it off.
1: Yeah, I'm with that. Definitely with that. Um, let's see, any other sports? I don't think I have anymore.
2: No, I don't really have an opinion. You asked me, by the way, I don't think I responded on uh, AP being waived.
1: no opinion at all it's your squad
2: they're not my squad
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean people are saying he's gonna be the next addition to tampa bay's senior (laughs) roster
2: (laughs) yeah the for signing was kind of weird to me with them yeah uh but no, I mean... I don't get... I, I gotta stop getting surprised. I told myself I would stop getting surprised at bad organizations doing dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Washington, they've been a bad organization for so long. It doesn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> right. Yep. All right. I'll play a gym, and we'll get into music and a few movies. Um, this is... Don't blame it on the timing by a woman by the name of Shannon Lauren Callahan.
4: Two weeks since I heard from you. Don't know why I care, but I do. Swore to myself I was too.
1: That was uh, Don't Blame It on the Timing by Shannon Lauren Callahan.
2: All right. Uh, All right. Big mu- big music drop.
1: Yeah, big is the word. Uh, we've been, we've waiting been waiting for
2: so long.
1: Probably since this podcast started. <laughs>
2: to be honest, I think you're right.
1: For this album. Uh, big Sean is back. Detroit 2, uh, we're both very Big Big Sean fans. Um, I think Big Sean has, you know, I think he probably has three personal classics for me and one, like, one consensus classic, in my opinion, that everyone should think is a classic, but the other
2: two I really love. What's his consensus? Like, I would say,
1: oh, uh, I'd say Dark Sky Paradise is a okay. Just so classic. we were on the
2: same page
1: yeah I think everyone should should consider that a classic if they're not haters um <laughs> man he's had a rough couple years I decided was I think I decided it was good but it was probably should be considered a letdown i I would I'm okay with people considering it a letdown
2: I enjoyed um, it I wouldn't go that far.
1: I enjoyed it too, but from Dark Sky Paradise, I remember the the big uproar about it not being as good. Yeah, it was a
2: step back in that regard for sure.
1: Yeah, and um, you know I understood, and that happens. It happens to everyone, and I did still enjoy it too. Um, (laughs) Then we had Double or Nothing, which came at the end of that same year, as I decided, which was 2017. And Double or Nothing was. I think most people consider it trash. I can't name off the top of my head anything from there. Um. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. I don't remember him and Metro Boomin having any songs together before that. By the way, did they?
2: Not that I know of.
1: Well, not Big Sean solo songs, at least. Um. So that was strange, strange collaboration. Big Sean has battled breakups, Um, his ex has recently passed away, he's battled depression, he says, Um, but this album was supposed to be the comeback of him and his uh, journey, Um, and this is what we got, Detroit 2. Detroit 1 came out a long time ago, I don't know what year, Um, and this is a mixtape. It was a mixtape. This
2: is... A very good mixtape, I might add, uh, Detroit 1.
1: Yeah, I love that mixtape. It might be his best. Um, So I I guess this is, he considers this an album. Detroit 2, he wanted to make an album. I'm not sure why, but. So that's the backstory for everybody. Let's get into the album. Um,
2: Well, I'll start with my usual first point is, I was kind (laughs) of excited about this album, regardless of the length because uh-huh. i thought i hadn't heard him in a while and and you know 22 songs isn't insane it isn't 25 or like 35 uh-huh uh, and there's some some skits that I, I didn't think would be as long as they were yeah uh but this album drags hard you feel its length yeah and not in a good way
1: yeah uh this is pretty much sums it up right there.
2: Oh, uh, I, yeah, I really don't know where to like specifically start with the album. It, I think being as long as it is made me kind of more negative than it maybe deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, and that was the other thing I was thinking, like, you know, maybe I didn't, shouldn't have hyped it up for years and I've, I, I should know better with how much music has let me down in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. uh but but when you when you go through the like the multiple name changes and the it's getting you know pushed further back and further back and then we don't even know if you're coming out and then all of a sudden you drop like yeah. if if i'm a fan of you as an artist i can't help but be excited about that
1: yeah yeah so, and then you you name it something off of a mixtape we all love right you know, it's supposed to be the sequel to something that was great, right? So you, I mean, I think that's fair expectations. I think he, I don't think that's something that you, an expectation you just draw up. I think he definitely uh, pushes for that expectation. I think he wanted that expectation, is what I mean.
2: Yeah, I mean, I forced myself to listen to it a second time. I, I really didn't want to, uh, but I'll, my first impression off the top was. Uh, Deep reverence is the best song on the album, mm-hmm. and you know I'm not a fan of your single being the best song on the album. Right at that point, you everything p- p- past your single is disappointing to me, mm-hmm. and to me, that was my first impression. After it's too long, of course, um, but listening to it a second time, it just it's not what's your the subject matter that's boring but it's the it's the flows that are boring
3: Mm.
2: the verses on here are so sleepy Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying top to bottom they're sleepy he he has highs and lows there's times where he turns up uh, like there's songs here i like for sure but for for this album to be as long as it is with the skits dragging as much as they do to you putting in there verses that suck, frankly it it was such a letdown I mean, the beats for the most part don't suck right? I thought a lot of the beats would come in and I'm like, man, this is going to be a song that I love and then by the time the song ends, I don't love it yeah. And I think where my disappointment really started to like like I really started to acknowledge it was that that feeling of so many songs I'm coming into expecting to love it and then I really don't. Mm hmm. And that, a lot of that was just the verses to me. Yeah. What'd yeah. you think?
1: Um I would I would agree with that. I think there are so many missed opportunities on this album. So many. Um, you know, I when I when the track list came out, I think you know earlier this week, I looked at these and I said, oh, I know which of these I'm gonna love. Right, I'm I'm an outspoken Anderson and Pack fan on here, uh, outspoken Wale fan. We're both, you know, we talk about Travis all the time. I'm an outspoken Ty Dollazon fan. You know, I haven't heard from Dwele in like since Flashing Lights, and. I was excited about that you know we talked about Wayne that single came out earlier but Friday Night Cypher I was excited um, you know it's I think that Sean has in the past found a really uh, natural and organic way to be catchy and this album sounded really forced on the catchiness me um you know uh on i don't f with you catchy um you know uh what's the one with chris brown the early one um like my last yeah my last My, my last catchy you know he's had very catchy things in the past and Z-T-F-O is top five worst songs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I don't dislike the rapping in there that much, but it just, who's going to say that? Who's who's going to say, it's like he lost a lot of edge on here for me. Like for some reason, and his old stuff, even when I thought it was a little corny, I... You know, I wanted to hear it and I like bought into it as being like a cool corny. Like this one for me, he went, he lost the coolness a lot to me in this. Like nothing on here really felt cool to me other than other than maybe the first, like I said, the first five songs, I was cool. I'm like, okay, I see what he's doing. He's about to turn it up after this interlude by Dave Chappelle. Now it's about to get, you know, get going. I see the features, Young Doug, you know, that's going to be intense. Full Circle sounds like an intense song. It, I mean, but it never took me anywhere. And it didn't, it made me feel like I don't, I just don't care. Like the whole album, I was listening and I never cared about anything for some reason. Yeah.
2: This was, and
1: normally I do.
2: Yeah. This was like a lot of the criticism I've seen about Sean is the lyrics are just corny. Mm-hmm. And this was the first album where like I really felt it yeah me too and like i had had heard that stuff a bunch before i decided and i didn't i had no problem with i decided yeah but this one uh i was like man it's like some of these lyrics are trash
1: they are it sounds so elementary for someone that of his you know
2: his caliber his
1: time in the game it didn't sound like any, someone who's been rapping for as long as he's been it's rapping.
2: It's weird. Like the album is kind of this like Detroit theme, all like all throughout it, uh-huh. but the songs don't really like don't really make you feel that theme.
1: No, they don't. That's a good point. They don't. I mean, we see the LA guys do that so flawlessly. Yes, the game has done that like five times. All, all the flawlessly. top dog guys do that. They do. All the top dog guys do it flawlessly. You know, and it's
2: even artists I don't like, like a YG, can do that.
1: Yeah, Dave East in New York flawlessly. Pop Smoke, New York flawlessly. Rick Ross, Florida, flawlessly. And and the crazy thing is, I would say um, Big Sean reps Detroit harder than any of those guys rep their cities. That be said, pretty much. Yeah, I mean other than game in la i think i mean rick doesn't necessarily talk about miami that much yeah but you feel miami and i feel like sean was trying to talk about detroit and not make us feel detroit i heard a lot of it and i i didn't really feel anything
2: yeah um it was just frustrating like we like missing opportunities man like there are songs on here uh that like again come in great uh Guard Your Heart comes in great, but it's forgettable. Yeah, Lithuania. I Lithuania heart was... comes in great. The hook is pretty cool, but it's forgettable.
1: It is, it is. When Guard Your Heart started, with Anderson, I was like, "Wow, Sean's. This is what I like from Sean." Yeah. And then I didn't, I didn't get it.
2: Yeah, I thought While everything that's weak. missing should have been great, and it was very forgettable.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, honestly, man uh wolves and body language i already forgot what they sound like and i like body language
1: (laughs) and you still forgot what it sounds
2: like
1: (laughs) i forgot what wolves sounded like and i liked it too
2: yeah i mean honestly i'm unfortunately the deep reverence and don life are by far the best songs on here yeah they are yeah
1: Mm -hmm. i would have preferred don life as a surprise but that's been out that came out like a year ago right
2: yeah, I mean, because yeah. the, the album was, was cool. supposed to
1: be down Life,
2: right? Yeah, I mean the cipher was cool. You know, uh, the verses were pretty good for the most part. I didn't really have, I didn't think anybody was trash on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not you already dragging so much, and you give me a ten minute cipher.
1: Yeah, and I didn't hate
2: the cipher, but I'm telling you right now, I've heard plenty of better ciphers than this.
1: Oh, for sure.
2: Like this, this, this doesn't leave an impression on me with none of their bars. I think
1: in this case, I would have preferred like all people that I know. Like I, sometimes, I'm cool with that. Like, and we talked about it on the um, the uh, Dreamers, Revenge of the Dreamer mm-hmm. one. And I mean, we kind of knew those people, but you know, didn't know who was who sometimes, and that was fine. But this time, like, it was just way too many of them. There's too many of people that I only really knew three voices on there. And the other times, you know, I really can't even go give the guys credit because I don't even know who said what. I can't say, oh, I like this guy. Let me check out more of his music. I don't know which one it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I, I'm disappointed. Long story short, yeah, man, I just
2: like I really had to force myself the second time, and I came out of it like I really don't have any interest in listening to this album ever again.
1: Yeah, there's no songs on here that I think I'll like really, really keep. Yeah.
2: Like, I mean, now, now that I look at it, outside of the two singles, I mean, Lucky Me was pretty cool, but yeah. there's really no great songs outside of that. You're right. Everything for me outside of that is either a disappointment or just flat out trash.
1: If Nipsey wasn't on Deep Reverence, would it
2: be? Would it be good? I think it would still you? be good, but not not nearly as good.
1: Right. See, to me, as an artist, you should always—and I'm not an artist, so this opinion probably isn't valid. It may be worthless, and I'm sure it's harder harder done than said. You know, easier said than done, but. I think you should always have a song on every new album that can be on your greatest hits album. Yes. And none of these to me make a big Sean greatest hits. And it shouldn't Not be a many. single. Right. No, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't have to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, you may get that and that's cool if it is, but you shouldn't have to rely on the singles to be the best. And, you know, I think every album you got to come with something. Even if it's just one song, the whole album is trash. And just one song is good. That's fine. But I I have to have you have to add to your legacy every time out. And I didn't you know, I don't see that. Yeah. I didn't see that from Sean this time to me. This you know, the song's good. I like body language a lot, deep reverence. I don't like him having to rely on features. It would be nice if one of the his top songs you know, wasn't a featured song.
2: Yeah. All the all the individual songs are kinda of disappointing, frankly.
1: Yeah i don't i don't remember how feed sounds the rest of these i remember disliking i mean time in was awful
2: i thought feed sucked time in was so weak for 2088 yeah that was that was my last thing is why why would you include that it was like an interlude basically it doesn't fit on the album in any way no it's not even a good song you already have janae aiko on one of the better songs of the album. Why? Yeah. Why force
1: this? I don't know, man. And I, I really didn't like Janae's verse on body language, but I like how she sounded. Yeah, you know. And, and Ty, the, we already talked about Ty. It's hard for him to
2: sound yeah. bad on features. I mean, hey, Wallace's verse was great too, by the way.
1: It was. I like. I, I, I even
2: like Diddy's verse on Full Circle.
1: Yeah, I liked. Key Wayne's verse, too. Yeah. Low key. Um, and that beat was nice. I mean, like you said, a lot of the beats were nice. I liked the beat on Harder Than My Demons, but... And I really thought that was going to be nice, but it is... It's repetitive. A lot of these are repetitive.
2: Yeah. It Res- uh, was another one that I liked the beat, but... Didn't really yeah. care about listening to it again.
1: Yeah. They're, I think a lot of them were, like, forcing something viral to say like harder than my demons like i figure, i think that's something he probably thought people would like repeat but no they're not going to because it's not good plain and simple man
2: i am um i'm not gonna lie man i was sad after i finished i i finished listening to it uh for the first time yesterday when i knew the bucks were done yeah uh but i was just sad I wanted more.
1: Yeah, and to think we gotta wait another God knows how long before we hear yeah. his re- redemption.
2: Maybe he'll pull a Anderson <laughs> Pack, or maybe this really was uh, like R. you know yeah. him putting together a lot of songs he had already been working on for a while. Yeah, uh, but I just wouldn't. I can't imagine he would have titled it Detroit if it was like a number of throwaway songs.
1: Yeah, and I can't imagine not putting single again on here. I mean that that was a relatively big hit for him. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't love it, but it got a lot more radio play than most of Big Sean's songs. Right. Video was great. I, you know, I thought for sure that would be like leading into the album, and that doesn't even make the album. And you put yeah. this mess on there. Single again would be the best song on here. You're right. So I mean, I, that's why. I don't know, man. And I I I don't want to say this, but I feel like I have to. I really really hope he doesn't use like a you know, I understand he dealt with depression and stuff, but I don't want like the um like we have to hold back from criticism. Like like the hip hop community has to hold back from criticism because we don't want to hurt his feelings.
2: Yeah, no, no. Come on.
1: People use that,
2: though. I know
1: And <laughs> I don't want Sean to use it this time Please He should know that this isn't it
2: I mean look This album wasn't bad enough for me to be like Man I'm skeptical about what he does moving forward
1: Oh no me Definitely not I don't think anyone is
2: Yeah It's just disappointing because so I, 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 my expectations were high
1: Right And I think he should know I, And I I mean I think he knows that I hope he knows that if someone says something about this album, they're not talking about him as an artist. They're talking about this album. Right. His album was not good. And he is good. And the only reason anyone would say it's not good is because they know he's good. Just like Damien missing the free throws. Right. You know? They only say that about me because they know what to expect every time I come out. And same thing with Sean. We expect greatness. We've had a classic. You know, and we want to know the closet plain and simple yep. we believe he can do it so yeah man <laughs> i don't know i didn't even download this honestly <laughs> i listened to it i streamed it i was like oh i'm good i don't need to download this i'll leave it in the streaming
2: yeah i mean i i, I told you yesterday i really don't want to listen to it again
1: <sighs> Shout out to Dark Sky Paradise. That came out in a really uh, interesting time in my life. And man, what a classic. I don't think there's many artists that have a better album than Dark Sky Paradise, honestly. Uh, many rappers.
2: Not yeah, a lot. I would have to like, really think about it. I mean, Hall yeah. of Fame is one of my favorites, too.
1: Yeah, me too. That's one of my personal classics. Yeah. Hall of Fame and... Uh, I loved Finally Famous when it came out. I was so excited for him to come out with an album. And I, I loved it. It's better. Like, it was better back then. Because that one is... That's one that you kind of do notice the corny now. Yeah. and Maybe because we know him now, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's still, still a great album. Yeah. He's had great albums. So. All right. Um, no other music?
2: Uh, I will listen to Tattle Tales at some point. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I heard it was awful. That's why I want to listen to it even more.
1: I heard Blueface say it was trash. So if Blueface thinks it's trash, it... <laughs> I'm really skeptical to listen to it. Not that I respect his opinion, but if someone that I know is trash and he knows he's trash, right. calls somebody else trash, it's, it's bad. It's bad. I haven't heard anyone say anything positive about it, but <laughs> tattle Uh, let's see what else we got. Sizzles back with a new single. Decent. I mean, you know, Ty Dollar Sign kind of saves. Her I missed uh,
2: the Joyner Lucas drop something, right? A song, I think.
1: Yeah, him and Ashanti.
2: How was that?
1: I didn't listen to it. Oh, okay. I, I didn't hear it i'm gonna
2: check that out
1: you know this oh i forgot i, I do have to talk about one other single that came I out know. in announcement um but you know this weekend i was so ready for sean i like didn't want to even uh you know i wanted to keep my ears virgin for sean <laughs> i just wanted to hear him so bad i really didn't care about anything else that came out yeah. you know um but I did hear a single by a young man by the name of Bryson Tiller. Uh, <laughs> single is called "Inhale." We've also talked about Bryson coming out with the album for a while
2: since beginning of the podcast. I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. Um. And uh, do you remember what day he announced it for?
2: No, I just remember October. I didn't see what day.
1: Okay, October. Um, I'm excited. But I hope this song is not on it. I'll say that. This song is, let me see how long it is. This song is two minutes and 54 seconds. And I wanna say two minutes and 20 seconds of it is just beat instrumental. The beginning and end. Have you heard it? No. The, the beat rides like a hundred, for like a minute and 15 seconds in Then he, you know, sings a little bit, does his thing, sing, rap, and then he lets the beat rock for another minute after he's done. So, I mean, if this is what he's he's doing, he's trying to, you know, half-ass it, coming back. So be it, but I'm not here for it. If I start the album and two songs sound like this, I'm done. I'll come in here and, you know, I'll talk trash about him making us wait this long for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to listen to it completely regardless,
1: but... we we be- No, I'm going to listen to it, but I'll be upset. I'll already be upset if it starts that way. Yeah. We better get the Drake feature in Bryson. We've been waiting for it for how long? Since Don't, his I, first I song? I
2: wouldn't expect it.
1: I remember when that came out, people were like, yo, if him and Drake make a song, oh my god, it would be so crazy. Drake reaches out to sign sign him onto OVO, he doesn't sign if he signed ovio OVO, he probably would have had four albums by now <laughs> <laughs> alright, I don't have anything else as far as music goes, I will say goes. man,
2: I know WAP is like mad popular but I'm, yeah. I'm getting tired of hearing like people just use that as a word now
1: <laughs> <laughs> me too
2: like, bro, people just casually throwing that shit out. I'm like, dude, that's so inappropriate to just throw out in, like, regular conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. I I like how many people um are, like, older people that are, like, disgusted by it. Yeah. I think that's funny. It's pretty funny. And, uh... Well, we'll see where they go from there. You th- Do you think they can, like... Do you think anyone will ever take Cardi seriously? I don't mean like in a, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but I mean, if Cardi came out with something talking about like how hard her life is or something like that, do you think people will respect
2: it? I think so. She yeah, she did a little bit of that on the out on her album,
1: but that was before this. <clears throat> that's the that's the
2: yeah but i think Hard i think part. she can like because i i still expect most of the album to be more like wap mm-hmm. but i i hope it's not the only kind of sound that it has you know yeah that's why the, mm. i liked her album because it was it didn't seem like she was you know one-dimensional yeah so maybe we'll get a little more versatility from her and she's been getting better with like hooks and stuff
1: mm-hmm.
2: so we'll see Yes.
1: Alright, you want to get into movies now, or you want me to play a gem first?
2: Yeah, you can play a gem and we'll get into them.
1: Alright, you want to introduce it?
2: Yeah, I've I've talked about a little bit that I dabble in rock from time to time.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, And this was a a childhood favorite band of mine that had a really cool song early in the year.
1: Okay. Alright, this is uh, Breaking Benjamin uh, with Scooter Ward Far Away. breaking benjamin far away all right um we've seen some some movies i'm gonna save mine yeah i have seen uh tenant, but i will save it until mike sees it and we'll talk about it
2: yeah that, but, that's when we got a deep dive a little bit
1: yeah for sure
2: uh but I, I got a chance i'm so happy movie theaters are back uh and <laughs> that i like, was
1: the only person in mine.
2: <laughs> yeah there was uh i think there was like Maybe four other people in the first movie I saw and uh maybe like five or six in the other movie. Yeah. And I went for like a two back to back, like a doubleheader. Uh-huh. Uh and it just felt good to to be sitting in a theater, man. The trailers like brought me back to, you know, movie days.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and I like how at least in my area they once you buy tickets for your seat, at least online, they like they cut off all the seats around you. Oh, okay. So you have, like, space now that you bought that seat.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool.
2: Uh, yeah, and, I mean, you know, wearing the mask is not that big a deal. They usually keep it cool in the theater. Yeah. Uh, but the two movies I saw were Unhinged was the first one, and New Mutants was the second one.
1: Okay, deep dive. You uh, ready?
2: And, uh, I mean, I don't really have a deep dive. They're both cool in kind of forgettable ways, I guess. <laughs> Unhinged. I mean, Unhinged works well because Russell Crowe like really commits. Like he he's low key really scary in the movie.
3: Uh-huh. And
2: there's like an element of uh, like he doesn't really care about what's going on because he's pretty much like accepted his fate. Yeah. So he just like fully commits to being a psycho. Yeah. And it felt real because like he was making like that real decision to you know what screw the rest of my life.
1: Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, so
2: it was like, he was just crazy. And the movie progresses pretty quickly, so it never really drags. Mm -hmm. But again, is that a movie worth seeing in theaters? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, But it was a cool movie to check out when it comes to, you know, on demand and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And New Mutants was the one that I, honestly, I really wouldn't have seen it if my girlfriend didn't convince me. Uh, Because it's been delayed so much and it just kind of randomly done when movie theaters are back. Yeah. Uh, That to me was kind of a red flag. Uh, Yeah. But it didn't disappoint me. I think part of it was that I had low expectations for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the chemistry between the cast is surprisingly great. Okay. Uh, like the the team of kids that's like in this psychiatric facility yeah even though they have like they just meet each other in the movie you buy their like connections right off the bat mm. uh, and a lot of that is just good acting mm-hmm. but overall the movie's pretty pretty predictable it kind of goes the, kind of the same way all the x-men movies go where you know they're like they're saying that they're looking to help you but they're really trying to study and use you yeah it's kind of that same thing which again we've seen a bunch of times yeah but some of the powers look really cool i can't even lie i'm not gonna spoil the powers but the Mm -hmm. powers alone made it worth seeing in theaters
1: okay okay
2: and that's That's it it? man i was just getting warmed up because tenant tenants must see and now that i've heard so you're not the only one that gave me a mixed review i, I didn't say anything uh, i just said <laughs> or a mixed first impression
1: well i i won't see it again i can promise you that
2: <laughs> yeah that, that's one thing nolan's other movies have always like motivated people to see them more yeah uh, but this one doesn't seem to be having that effect on people
1: <laughs> this ain't it no well as far as that goes no i've seen i've seen plenty
2: yeah, but by next episode, we'll talk about it.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, that's all I got. We're, you know, we've reached our quota of time. Yeah. I don't have anything else to talk about with you. No, that's it. A- you excited that Cam has been named starter of the Patriots? Are you
2: surprised? Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised.
1: I'm not sure why he even needed to announce it.
2: Yeah, they, they had nobody else, who, like, the Stit Sidham, or whatever, however you say his name. Yeah. He's, he's like, never played. <laughs> I've never seen him right. play on an NFL field. Cam Newton's had an MVP. There's no question who should be starting. Exactly. But I'm not that excited, no. Not very, oh. I'm not very excited about this football season in general. No, why is that? Well, because so many guys are choosing to, to sit out oh yeah yeah uh true. and it's just it's like there's this weird kind of incohesive structure to it yeah Whereas some teams are planning to allow fans it seems like every team expects to allow fans by the end of the year but right you know right but like, we have no clue what's going on with the vaccine and stuff but right i don't know the the the, the powers that be suppose that maybe October will get we'll get something
1: yeah I'm not confident
2: yeah my confidence is at about a 0% (laughs) right
1: alright well um I am gonna play Bryson Tiller as a throwback um we'll be back Next week, obviously more basketball. Obviously 10 Yeah,
2: some of the second rounds, series will probably end by the time we come back. I mean, Milwaukee, <laughs> I highly doubt they'll, they'll survive. They may end this weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Labor Day weekend. Happy Labor Day to everybody.
2: Yeah, please stay safe. The virus is not gone. It's not. Don't, don't look at the numbers slightly dropping as if you could go back out to... Beach and stuff,
1: right? Yep,
2: if you do go to the movies, choose wisely. Yes, please keep your mask on.
1: Yes, yep. All right, so next time.
0: Oh, wow, got something to say. I know it's easy to love me. Thought it was better this way, oh, trust me, baby, it's hard Trying to give it up, I'm trying to, baby, it's tough I guess it's my fault, I know what's up Baby, we used to fuck, from now on we make love Girl, let's catch up, phone calls ain't enough That's where I messed up, I should've kept Type that we hit it and quit it Even if it's mine, even if it isn't Take them trips and pay your ass a visit Gave you a portion, but you needed more, needed more Now you won't even call me no more Ain't laying naked in my sheets no more I guess you ain't a freak no more, oh Sex more, that's what I was on Less, that's what I was on. Selfish, baby, I know. I know. I know. Hey, quick to admit it when I'm wrong. Said I was leading you on. Now it's fuck me and leave you alone. Come love me, I need you at home. It's something bad to be screaming among. Now I'm the one who's been treating you wrong. Contradicting all the things that I've been preaching in songs. Oh, Shit was going good, girl, now it's looking bad, girl, can we take it back, girl? Oh, no. Nah. you gave me a task, girl, go clean up my act, girl, done that where you at, girl Would you mind, would you mind, would you mind if I Come do the things that you like, what you like, what you like who else gonna get you right on me? Who else gonna get you right Don't know when I'm finna wipe it. I still ain't decided. Better make up my mind quick. For a nigga come and swipe it. Know I sound a little self righteous. Yeah, but there ain't nothing else like it. Anything else bad for your health? I've been checking your profile to see if you excited this. I got a lot more where that came from. You got a tumbler too? I gotta make one. I've been peeping hard. Some stalker shit. I'm feeling hard, that's the obvious, yeah But you know I don't mind if we were just fucking Feeling on something, talking about nothing Then maybe later you and I discuss it mm-hmm. Do you feel like I do, can I know? Clearly baby, it's you that I want Listen, I don't wanna confuse you Don't ever think that I use you Give me one more chance, I'll prove you wrong we go, we could do this slow. Pick up where we left off, I don't wanna lose it, no. This for life, baby, you should know. You should know, baby, I know. Shit was going good, girl. Now it's looking bad, girl. Can we take it back, girl? Oh, no. You gave me a task, girl. Go clean up my act, girl. Done that where you at, girl. Would you mind?